Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Uh, We are in the third week of Advent. This is our last uh, week of our Prepare the Way series. And um, one memory I have of Christmas is my oldest sister. I'm the youngest of four. Uh, She would wake me up on Christmas morning, some ungodly hour, like 1am, 2am, and she would lead me to the living room where my parents had given us stockings in pillowcases, obviously, And she would tell me, she'd already been through all of our stockings, and on the way to look at my stockings, she'd be telling me, you got this, you got this, you got this, you got this. And so she she just undid the work for me so that when I got there, I didn't actually have to unpack anything. I already knew what I was getting. She just prepared the way for me. And uh, Advent is really like that. It's a preparation of the way, preparation for the coming of Jesus. And we'd be looking at Um, the life of John the Baptist, and his role description really was to prepare the way for Jesus. Um, The the birth story of John is really wrapped up with the birth story of Jesus in Luke, but John's ministry goes before Jesus' ministry. He really was preparing the way. His kind of job description was prepare the way for the coming of the Lord. One of my favorite things that John said is found in John chapter 1, and John says this. He says, I am not the Messiah. I am not the Messiah. And that is one of my favorite things John says because it is like honey to my soul and a good reminder for all of us as we come to Christmas that you are not the Messiah. The Messiah was a Hebrew word which meant anointed one or king or coming one. It's the same word that translates as Christ. That's why we say Jesus Christ. Christ wasn't Jesus' last name. It was a title. Jesus the Lord, Jesus the King, Jesus the Christ. And that little phrase, I am not the Messiah, I think is so powerful as we uh, just go about life, but particularly as we come up in a season that's full of relational complexity, full of financial strain, full of busyness, that we sometimes feel like we have to kind of do it all. We sometimes feel like we have to be the one that has the answers. I don't have to be strong enough. I don't have to save anyone. Actually, I am waiting for the coming of the Messiah. And that begs the question then, if we really are not the Messiah, if like salvation comes from outside of us, what do we do to welcome the Messiah? What do we do to prepare the way for the Messiah? This is exactly the question that a bunch of people asked John in Luke chapter 3. If you've got your Bibles, you can turn with me uh, in verse 10. So, um, John is at the Jordan River. He's baptizing people. He said, I am co- I've come to prepare a way for the Lord. And all these different people, these three groups of people come to John the Baptist and they say this. Verse 10, the crowds asked, what should we do? What should we do now? The, coming, the Messiah is coming. You're telling us that you're preparing the way. What should we do? This is John's reply. If you have two shirts, give one to the poor. If you have food, share it with those who are hungry. Then even, tuck, even corrupt 
tax collectors came to to be baptized and asked, teacher, what should we do? He replied, collect no more taxes than the government requires. What should we do? Asked some soldiers. John replied, don't extort money or make false claims or accusations and be content with your pay. I find it super interesting that there's these three groups that come to John and they're asking him, how do we prepare a way? Like, what should we do? Jesus is coming. This big thing is coming. What should we do? And he gets very, very material and very practical. It's to do with their calendars, their wardrobes, their food, and their jobs. And I love that. The three responses that John gives is to the crowds. The crowds come and ask, what should we do? And he says, if you have an extra coat, give it away. And one of the ways that we prepare a way for Jesus in our own lives and our hearts is the way of generosity. That generosity is actually preparing the way for the coming of Jesus, as opposed to stinginess, as opposed to greed. Um, It doesn't necessarily mean extravagance. I love in Mark chapter 4, it says this, listen carefully to what I'm saying and be wary of the shrewd advice that tells you how to get ahead in the world on your own. But giving, not getting is the way. Generosity begets generosity, stinginess impoverishes, impoverishes. Generosity begets generosity. Generosity actually gives birth to, to generosity. Mel and I recently bought a house and in the process of buying a house, we met the owner. He was showing us around a few things of the house. And he was saying, any piece of furniture you pointed out in the house, you, if you want it, I'll leave it here. You can have it. And so we ended up with this huge, like, 10-seater dining table and all these chairs and a barbecue and outdoor set and a buffet and all sorts of stuff. And uh, a couple of weeks later, he comes to us after he'd given us all this stuff. And he said, look, um, I've had a situation with my house that I'm buying that's fallen through is it possible to move the settlement um, date back like two extra months? And because he'd already been so generous to us, we're like, of course, of course we can do that for you. Because generosity makes way for generosity. Generosity gives birth to generosity. And I love that. Um, All of these things, by the way, these little commands, these three little commands that John gives the crowds, the tax collectors, the soldiers, are not lines of like, who can get the king, who can get Jesus or not. They're arrows. They're pointing towards what sort of king this is, what sort of kingdom this is. So it's not about you have to be generous, otherwise Jesus isn't going to come to you. It's this is pointed towards what sort of uh, man, what sort of king this Jesus is. So the first group is generosity. The second group is the tax collectors. Now, the Jews thought that this coming king was going to come and lead a revolution and overthrow Rome who had occupied Israel. They thought they were going to rise up and claim back their kind of nation state, claim back their sovereignty as a country. And so the tax collectors come up to John. Now, a coming king is not good news for a tax collector because their job was to work for the enemy. They work for the Romans, collecting tax off the Jews to give to the Romans. And so if a revolt happened, if a new king comes, these people are at best out of a job, at worst, something worse happens. And so these people, like, they should not be into this. And they come and they ask, teacher, what should we do? And John replies this, collect no more taxes than the government requires. The second way to make a way for Jesus is simplicity. The first one, generosity. The second one, 
simplicity. Collect no more than the government requires. And, um, you know, I was thinking about, you know, we have this Advent season, the lead up to Christmas, and it's really the only season in, like, kind of Western culture that actually has that lead up. We have events, you know, we have Australia Day, or we have Easter, or we have whatever it is, the King's birthday, Um, but none of them have this kind of lead up, this expectation, but it's this full-on system of, like, greed, consumerism, busyness, like it just continually feeds into the kind of part of our soul that just wants more. And part of the way that we actually create space for Jesus to come is simplicity. And I'm always amazed, I, I hardly ever buy stuff um, through the year, but the time that I most want to buy things is not in the lead up to Christmas, but after Christmas, after I've like received all this stuff. And it's like the like consumerist beast within me gets awakened and I want to go to the sales and I just want to buy all this stuff that I don't need because there's something in us that just like wants more, just to grab more. I, for the first time ever, I got heavily involved in the Black Friday sales. I don't know if anyone's into the Black Friday sales. I never bought anything in Black Friday before, but we need to buy a bunch of stuff for the house. But then I'm just like, you know, the algorithm starts like, pinpointing me the exact things I want, the exact whatever it is, washing machine or cooktop or something that I had to buy. Um, and I just spent thousands of dollars on this Black Friday stuff because we needed it. But it's like, you just like, it awakens within you. And there's something in us, this kind of consumerism, this greed that like almost clogs up our soul. And John's advice to the tax collectors was to live simply, collect no more than you need. I love that idea. Again, these are arrows and not lines. It's not like if you don't, if you're, if you're living, you know, a consumerist life, then you can't receive Jesus. No, absolutely not. It's an arrow pointing towards the sort of king, the sort of kingdom. It's a generous kingdom, and it's a simple kingdom. That's kind of the story of Jesus, right, that he was born into simplicity, into humble circumstances. And then the third group, the third group are coming of a king is definitely bad news for this group. These are soldiers who work for the enemy. These are Roman soldiers. And they come up to John and ask, what should we do? These people would not be uh, in a good place if there was a Jewish revolt. And he says this, don't extort money or or make false accusations and be content with your pay. The best way to sum that up is honesty, I think. Don't extort money. Don't make false accusations. The way that we prepare the way for Jesus in our own hearts, generosity, simplicity, and honesty. In the kingdom of God, reality is actually our friend, to name things as they are. Um, Dave Lomas, who's a pastor in San Francisco, he says, spiritual health is 90% about honesty. Because God can only ever meet us where we actually are, not where we wish we were, not where we pretend to be, but where we actually are. And the way that we prepare space in our own lives and in our own hearts to receive Jesus is actually to be honest with our own circumstances, to be honest with where we really stand, to be honest with where we are with God. God can only meet you where you actually are. And so the coming of Jesus... Uh, It's going to happen regardless, right? But there is some things we can do to receive the kingdom, to receive the king. Live in generosity, live in simplicity, and live in 
honesty. It is the joy week of Advent. And our culture, particularly now, is screaming at us that we get joy through excess, through consuming, and through getting our way. But the kingdom says that joy is actually found through generosity, through simplicity, and through honesty. Generosity instead of consuming, simplicity instead of excess, and honesty instead of getting our own way. So I wonder, you know, there's eight days before Christmas. I wonder what one of those things the Spirit might be tapping on your heart. It might be generosity. It might be simplicity. It might be honesty. Maybe, maybe in the generosity area, there's someone that, like, God might bring to mind that you wouldn't normally buy a gift for, that you need to buy a gift for. Or maybe it's not about money. It doesn't have to be about excess. Maybe it does, but maybe it's an extravagant gift. I'm not sure. Or maybe it's just a meal over the coming week. It's a busy season. Maybe it's an invite to your Christmas lunch to be generous to someone you know that doesn't have a place to go on Christmas. Maybe it's simplicity. What could you do without this next eight days? What could you say no to over the next little while? Or could you give away that you don't use or need anymore? Or maybe it's honesty. Maybe it's time for you to actually be honest with God about where you are. Or honest with someone around you. Maybe it's a confession of a sin. Or, or actually to be honest and go, I'm, I'm not actually doing well. It's the only place that God can ever meet us is where we actually are. So, I'd love for you to just pull out your phone, if you would. And we're going to have a a few moments of silence, and I want you to write down the one, the one area that you feel like God challenging you towards. The band can come back up. We're going to sing in a second. Generosity, simplicity, or honesty. What's the one area that the Holy Spirit might be highlighting to you over these next eight days? And what's the one simple, easy next step towards cultivating that in your own life? life and heart.